this morning. Turn with me to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 6. Started reading there in verse 1. Ship of grapes. Genesis chapter 6, verse 1. And it came to pass when men began to multiply uh, on the face of the earth, daughters were born unto them. That the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. The Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that the sons of God came to the daughters of men to bear children to them. The same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man man, uh, was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made uh, man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping things and the fowl of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We're thankful today for grace. Lord, as we sing through this worship service, we pray that we worshiped you in song as you deserve. Now, Lord, I pray that we would take all the burdens that this life lays upon our hearts, all the concerns, and, Lord, we would cast them upon you as we would open up our heart for the moving of the Holy Spirit through your word this morning. I invite you in. I pray that you move on your people this morning, that we would love you more at the end of the service than we do right now. Show us in your word. Move us through your word. Apply it to our hearts. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that Satan be barred from this place, that you would hide us behind the cross, that our entire focus would be upon you and nothing more, nothing less. Bless us this morning with your presence. It's in Jesus Christ's name I ask. Now this is what was happening and going on before God uh, sent the flood. So what were those days like? We read that here, but I want to go back and show you what these days were like before God sent the flood. Look there in verse 4, and it says, And there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God uh, came unto the daughters of men, they bare children to them. The same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. Men of renown. What, what's mighty about them? What were they mighty in? How were they well known? What were they known for? Look there in verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every 
imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. What were these men mighty in? Wickedness. That's what it's saying. What were their hearts, uh, uh, what were they known for? They were known for sin. They were known of the vileness of their heart. And then verse 5 says their imagination. And I want to talk to you about that word. The word imagination here comes from the Hebrew word for a potter as he shapes clay. It's imagination. That's where that Hebrew word comes from. So actually what this is telling us this morning, not only were their minds and not only were their thoughts and not only were their uh, actions on evil things all the time, but they were trying to mold all of society into their way of thinking, making sin the way of life. And they was telling everybody, it's all right. Do it this way. Do it this way. Their minds were always, their actions were always on evil things, making sin a way of life, taking good and making it evil and taking evil and saying it's good. Let me tell you something. You watch just about, I don't know how many talk shows there are, but every one I've ever seen, that's what they do. They take good things and they make them evil and they'll tell you all these evil things are good because it's reprobates running the whole thing. That's what you see. They get there and they say, it's all right to do like this. It's all right to have this opinion. It's your right. It's your opinion. You do what you feels good. That's what these men were also. And God got fed up. And I'm going to tell you, there's a day coming when God's going to get fed up. A day of judgment's coming on America today because everything that's good, we try to turn to filth. And everything that's evil, we try to make look good. And the day is coming that God's going to get fed up. That's the exact same thing that's happening now. But look with me in verse 8. See what it says. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the first time that grace has ever been mentioned. I didn't know that was in there. The first time that grace has ever been mentioned. I'm going to tell you what's exciting about that. I'm happy today that where sin is, grace is already there. Where sin abounds, praise God, that grace does much more abound. Every time sin is, uh, looks like it's ruling, don't you be fooled. There's always grace right there. Then God tells us what uh, he decided to do with this old sin field. Earth. Look there with me in verse 12. God looked upon the earth and beheld it, and it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupt, corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through him. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. I'm going to tell you what. You want to live for this old world, you'll die with it. That's what this is actually saying. You want to live the, uh, the way the world tells you to live, you'll die of it. That's what this passage is saying. A day of reckoning is coming. A day is coming that man will die. If you've lived it for the world and your God was this world, you'll die with it when God destroys it. That's what it might be. What about those who have called out for God's grace. That's what I want us to look this morning. I want to show you 
this ship of grace that God has provided. I want to show you the symbolism between the ark, this boat, this ark that God uh, had designed for Noah to carry out the building of, and the symbol of it of being none other than Jesus Christ himself. So look with me here, and we're going to see this ark laid out, and I want you to take the symbolism of it as Jesus Christ, because that's what we're going to do. Verse 14 says, Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shall thou make in the ark. Listen to me. And shall pitch it within and without with pitch. Now we're going to talk about this wood. You see, God didn't say, Noah, you found grace with me. Just do whatever you think you need to do to get through this judgment. That didn't happen. You see, it took God's plan for uh, uh, Noah to be able to carry this out. God had designed it. God is the engineer of this. God is the beginning of it. And we see that he tells him, you go get gopher wood. No other substitute will you be able to make up on your own. You'll go get him. This is what you'll use. And the word pitch here is a tar that was put. And the word translated many times in the word of God is the same thing, this covering. And it's the word for atonement. There's a covering. And God said, this is what you do. You put it on the inside and you put it on the outside. The Lord showed me this morning as I went back through this sermon studying it. Something about that. Look there what he says in verse 14 again. And he says, Make thee an ark of gopher wood, room shall thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. That stood out to me this morning after I prayed over this passage of Scripture. Within and without. Well, couldn't God just say, Hey, put the pitch on the outside? That's not what he told him. He said, pitch it in and pitch it out. Let me tell you what that means this morning, what the Lord revealed to me. When I become a child of God, I'm saved on the inside. One day this flesh is going to be gone and I'm saved on the outside. See what happened there? Not only am I just saved from within, I'm saved from without. When Jesus Christ shows up and we see that if we got pitched, we have that atonement on the inside and the outside. One day this old flesh that I live in, this sinful flesh, will fade away. But Brother Charles, I'll look just like Jesus when he falls off. See, I'm going to be saved on the outside too. This atonement's going to cover the inside and it's going to cover the outside. It's a protection. Now, I want us to go here and get this. So let's put this all together now. The flood waters are the judgment of God poured out upon man. That's what you're seeing here, this flood waters. And those flood waters of God will destroy all that has lived by the way of this world. But you see, then God provides a pitch. There's a tar, there's an atonement for the covering, the protection from the waters of God's judgment. He told Noah, pitch it within and without. There's a great covering, there's an atonement for God's judgments. And I'm going to say this. Do not depend on even a Bible story out of a book. Do not depend on Hollywood to show you what this ark looked like. Okay? Because I'm going to tell you what it looked like. When they were in there, you might would see that there's water splashing around in the bottom of it, and they're wading water. No, they didn't. I'm going to tell you it was as dry as a bone, just like when they crossed the Red Sea. They didn't trample through mud. God dried the ground and watered up. When God applies his atonement to mankind, it is sealed from within and it is sealed from without and not one drop of God's
God's judgment can enter into it through the blood of Jesus Christ. Totally atoned. Fully atoned. Not one drop of water ever ran off of it. But not only that, I want us to see the size of this altar. Look there in verse 15 with me. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make of it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. The worth of it, 150 cubits. The height of it, 30 cubits. And you say, well, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how big that is. I really don't understand what size that is. Well, let me tell you what size it is. I'm going to tell you. Over 3 million cubic foot of space. Do you know why Jesus Christ can still seek to save that which is lost? It's because there's still room at the cross. Now, I do not understand. For me to get a, a vision of how big this vessel was, I do kind of understand it. But I'm going to tell you this. Here's the importance of that. It was just enough room, and there's still just enough room. It's not too big. It's not too little. It's just right for me. That's what Jesus is saying. There's always room. Whosoever will come, let him come, for there's room at the cross for us all. But not only that, I want you to see the structure of the ark. Look there in verse 16. A window shall thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shall thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shall thou set aside thereof with a bulwark. going on here. You see, in this story, we all know that uh, God said, this is where you put the window. And this is where you put the door. And God says in here, uh, tells us that he, remember he seals the door. Remember that in the story? God seals the door. But something that stood out to me, uh, and you that are uh, carpenters, Brother Brandon, the window's never the first thing mentioned. You don't set a window till you figure out where the door's going to be, right? You're not just going to start slanging windows in a place and then figure out three, four weeks later where you're going to put a door in. doesn't work that way. But it does in God's hand, too. God said you take a window, and I want you to set it in the top. You put a window where you're looking out towards the top. And see, this is a window different. This is a skylight, but there wasn't nothing else there. Wasn't another window to look out. And God said, then you put the door right in the side of it. And then God tells him that I'll seal you in there and I'll control the door. That's strange in building anything. So what's that mean? You remember Jesus Christ said, he is the door? Remember that? And if you enter in, you'll enter in the way God says you'll enter, you won't enter at all. See, Noah didn't have a choice of how he'd go into the ark. God told him how you'll go into the ark and I'll control the door in there because that's the way they did. This world today will tell you, well, you can get in this way or you can go by this way or you can go over here and get through it. You can do this and you can do that. Let me tell you this. Salvation will only come to man by God's way. Nobody's thinking but his. If you're saved today, it's because you've done it God's way, not your way because there's no other way but God's way to get it. Jesus Christ says, I am the door, I am the door, I am the door, and you'll come this way or you won't come at all. But not, but, but this window, right in the 
the sun out of the boat. There's a door that God has put to every uh, human being has a door that we can enter. The word of God proclaims that. It's not God's will that any should perish, but all come to repentance through Christ Jesus. There's a door has been set, which is Jesus Christ. And there will be some say, not today, or I don't believe this about it. I think you can do it this way. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter if you're from East Africa or East Arkansas. It doesn't matter if you're in the jungles of New Guinea or if you're in a pine thicket in South Arkansas. God will always make a provision for man to see his glory. Every individual will have a chance to see God and who he is through his grace in Jesus Christ. You will reject it or you will accept it on his terms and his alone. You are without excuse this morning. something in all of mankind a desire to have a God and whatever that God may be you will choose one the atheist can say I don't have a God he's a lie he does because God's instilled something in all of man to have a God it may be yourself but God out of his love and his mercy has drawn mankind and made it to where man will look up at least one time you see it says my spirit won't always said you may get to look three times you may get to look four times but there will be a time that I'll say no more looking and the door shut to you I control the door that's what the door means to us that's what the door means that door Jesus is God's window seen the structure, I want us to look at the substance of the ark. Look there with me in verse 21. And 8,000 Hebrews of all the tribes of Israel, thou shalt gather them to the ark, and it shall be something that you can see in this don't you ever be concerned that the animals got hungry on it oh they were well taken care of don't have to worry about uh, Noah and being hungry and his family saying I don't know if we're going to have enough to get us through I'm concerned on what it is I'm going to tell you that ship had a buffet line that was good it was laid out there before me. And the reason that I know that not only does Jesus Christ save, but also Jesus Christ satisfies. Today we, so many as children of God, go around and we'll say, yes, Jesus saves, but yet our lives, we're not satisfied with anything that's going on in it. It's because we haven't claimed the victory that we have in Jesus Christ, maybe through sin and the lifestyle in which we're living. But I'm going to tell you, once you get saved, Jesus also satisfies. That's what it's saying. The buffet line's big enough. Just keep coming. Fill up. There's enough. There's enough to satisfy all. 
you're not happy today, if you're not joyful today, if you're not excited in your soul today, you need to get to Jesus and get satisfied. If there's something going on in your life and you feel like you've been conquered, you need to get to Jesus today because he's the one that claims the victory for you, won the victory for you, and he's the one that will satisfy you in whatever's going on in your life. So not only do we see the substance of the ark, I want us to see the schedule of it. Look there in chapter 8 with me. Chapter 8, verse 4. And the ark rested in the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, on Mount Ararat. I'm going to tell you the timeline of this. It's according to the moon phase. The uh, Jewish calendar has two, or the Jewish uh, people have two calendars. They have a civil calendar and they have a spiritual calendar. This is going to be a spiritual calendar. In the Exodus chapter 12, God reset the calendar. He carried the seventh month, seventh month and said it's going to be the first month. And he reset that spiritual calendar. The date you see here is the seventh month. Which according to the moon phase, I don't know what time of year it actually was. If it was now or in the future. But I do know what the seventh month and the seventeenth day is. It's the day Jesus Christ arose. When I started studying this, I knew this part of it, and I, I kept studying further about times of this seventh month and the 17th day. Do you know what day the uh, uh, Israelites walked out of the Red Sea on dry ground and looked back and seen the enemy of God's people being crushed by the waters of the Red Sea? Seventh month, 17th day, same day Christ arose. God's arm, uh, enemy, God's people's enemy crushed that. The same thing we see here, God's judgment was being poured out upon mankind and man was going to have to face that judgment. They was gonna, uh, man was going to have to uh, face this judgment that was on them. It was going to have to take the blunt of God's judgment. But you see, on the seventh uh, month or the seventeenth day, Jesus Christ arose and God's judgment was attended. Jesus Christ took the blunt of God's judgment. Jesus Christ took Gary Carter's eternity in hell and paid for it and is victorious over today. So therefore I have victory in Jesus. But I want us to look at the salvation through this ship, through this ark. And I don't want you to get, misunderstand what I'm saying. This ship is Jesus Christ, that ship of grace. So let me say this. God has only ever had one way to salvation. That's it. Old Testament or New Testament, if they are saved, they are saved by God's grace through Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. Doesn't matter what time of life you were born in or lived in. It is God's grace through Jesus Christ. Look with me real quickly at Ephesians chapter 2. Just flip over there, hold your place here. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace you are saved through faith, 
not of yourselves, but it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his uh, uh, workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath foreordained that we should walk in them. See those words there? By, through, and unto. How was Noah saved? How is Noah in heaven today? Because that's where he's at. I'm going to tell you. Word of God teaches me. How did he get there? Was it by and building the ark? Is that what got Noah saved? No. Yes, sir. You know how he was saved? By grace. Salvation is not a merit of man. It is the mercy of God. Salvation isn't the uh, reward for righteousness. No, it's a gift for the guilty. You are not saved by good works, church, your family, the Ten Commandments, baptism, giving of your time or your money or attending church this morning. You'll say, well now preacher, I believe in a little bit of grace and a little bit of works. Well, I'll tell you this morning, you're lost. If you're depending on your works in any way to get you to heaven, you will die and go to hell. It's all grace. Nothing more, nothing less. God's grace bestowed upon mankind. That's it. Now what I do say, you say when Noah uh, found by grace, and he, uh, Noah had to accept that grace by faith. Now what happened was, God told Noah, and through faith, Noah entered into it. By faith, Noah said, I'll build an ark. The act of building the ark did not get Noah saved. What got Noah saved was faith to do what God said. That's what uh, based it on. It was on grace. truly accept Jesus Christ, when you truly take God's grace through Jesus Christ, you know what it caused old Noah to do when he got him? Brother Charles, he went to work. Huh, that kind of ties back in proofs. Kind of ties back in proofs. You see, when Noah realized what God was, who God was, and by faith he accepted God's grace to enter into the ark, it put him to work. Actually, about 85 to 110 years he worked. Hmm. There's been so many today, and my life has looked this way, that I said, I got saved, Brother Corey, but you know, I hadn't worked one hour for the Lord. Oh, I need to back up here. You see, when you really, truly accept God's grace through Jesus Christ, it'll put you to work. I fear today that so many people that say they're saved and have never one time spent any time in the service of the Lord, not much less than 80 years, but even 8 minutes, and they claim to be saved and there's no fruits of it, you need to check that. Something's missing. Something's went wrong. But you see, when Noah received God's grace, 
lastly, I want us to see the security of this ark. Look there with me in verse seven or chapter seven, verse one, excuse me. Chapter seven, verse one, and the Lord said unto Noah, Come back and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteousness before me in this generation. See the invitation to the ark given here. Come. Just come. What did Noah do? He and Noah went. Come unto this ark. Come unto this uh, uh, this security. Come unto this life. Look here in verse 16. And they that went in, went in, male and female, of all flesh, as God had commanded him. Now they didn't just come up with this on their own. No, it says, as God commanded him, uh, commanded him and the Lord shut him in. The Lord shut him in. It is not a matter of me holding on to God today to keep my salvation. Because I believe we're all sinners and come short of the glory of God, and how can I hold on to anything when I'm going to come short and the best I can do is filthy rags in his sight? It's not a matter of me holding on to salvation today, Brother Fred. No, it's a matter of being in the ark. When God seals the door, when God says with this atonement, pitch it in and pitch it out, it's God who holds the door. I don't have to stand at a door and fight to hold the floodwaters from coming in, which is the judgment of God because of sin. No, God sealed it through Jesus Christ, and no one will open that door except him. Remember, God opens the door, God shuts the door, and who shutteth the door, no man can open. Remember that passage that was given by Jesus? God shut it. Man, I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful today. Now, don't take this security of the believer. Some people take it, think it's a license to sin. No, it's not. If that's your attitude, you've not received salvation this morning. No, this is telling me that in my failure in which I am, the best I ever do, God still got the ball. And at my lowest point when I look as bad as human, uh, my, uh, uh, humane, uh, humanly possible, as bad as I may look in that, God still has me in the heart. If it were me, if it was based upon me, Knowing what I know of the Word of God, the little I know of the Word of God, I'm going to tell you what, if my salvation depended on me, I'd be scared to death to step out of the ark. Because, see, I don't have any stake in myself. I don't believe there's nothing good in me enough to hold on to. I'd be so scared. I'd, I, I think that I would actually just get by myself. Somebody would start walking up and just run from me. I've ever done, any words I've spoken, any deeds I've done, or ever any thought I've ever had. The reason I'm in the ark today is by faith I accepted Jesus Christ as a sinner and asked him to save me from my sins and come into my heart and become my Lord. And God put me in the ark. 
so thankful today that I'll never have to face God's judgment of what I have done. You know why I won't? Because Jesus already paid for my judgment. Jesus Christ already taken care of my judgment today. I won't have to face that type judgment. I won't have to uh, take the repercussions of all those sins. No, one day my Lord's going to call me home. Now it may be uh, he raptures the church or he may take me this afternoon. But you believe this. If you ever have to walk in front of a casket with Gary Carter in it, you say he was redeemed and heaven's where he's at right now because his trust and his faith is Jesus. And he's in the ark today. of your word. I thank you for the beauty of it. I thank you for the promises of it. And Lord, once you promise something, it'll come to pass. Lord, I'm thankful today for the ark. I'm so thankful today that I'm not worthy of anything you've ever given me. Truly, I'm deserving of your judgment. But out of your great love and grace and mercy in which I can be blessed forever. Once you provided a plan, you carried out that plan. It was carried out through my Jesus. And today, today, I'm in the ark because of him. Today, I am child of yours because of him there's nothing that I don't do so Lord I pray that you bring your worship to you today I pray that you bring praise to him that you deserve now during the stillness of this invitation I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you take a hold of each and every person here and Lord I pray your Holy Spirit be so moving upon us that we feel that presence sure today we're in the ark. And Lord, if we're in the ark, Lord, we see that once you put uh, the, once Noah put his faith in you, it put him to work. And Lord, I pray that you put us to work for those of us that are in the ark today. That we also would be in the ark.